My name is Michael Strumsky, and this is my podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. Each episode, I'll interview a person with a different background to try to understand what circumstances, family, or tragedy has made them into the individual they are today. Enjoy. <laughs> today, I've got Becca Silver with me, longtime friend, went to college, great engineer, and obviously a female so that's like double the points because <laughs> i mean why not and the tidbit i wanted to mention is i have two female becca engineers i've got becky temkin and you i didn't realize that till yesterday yeah i was like <laughs> because you guys go by i mean nobody goes by rebecca really right you you know that more than yeah not not too many rebecca's out there but yeah and that's how we met through becky i think uh, was it Becky? Because I was like, is it Julie or was it Becky that we met through? Well, I met Julie through Becky. Becky was in my like engineering classes and we all lived in West AJ. And okay. so we'd walk back together and then met Julie, who she was rooming with. And then, yeah, I, gotcha. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so hard. Like if you know, I, I was talking on the podcast to somebody else and it's like, if you've known someone for like eight years, you don't know, like, I don't know if this is like this for you, but like the core details of these friends who you've probably spent like 50 or 80 hours with, you didn't know that like <laughs> their like stepdad had died when they were like 10 or 12, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like their backstory, their origins. Yeah. Are like, um, it never comes up. Yeah. You never, I mean, <laughs> it might come up when you're like completely drunk, but nobody's like <laughs> that drunk anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't know or at least I'm not sadly uh, <laughs> but you as well as myself we're from Montgomery County um we both went to tech so that's I, I feel like a lot of people from Montgomery County like a larger percentage I mean it is a neighboring state went to tech but still like I feel like a lot of people go there um but uh yeah sorry start me off on I guess where you're from um and I guess a little background. Yeah, so grew up pretty close to you and um, in Bethesda, Maryland. And uh, growing up, my parents uh, always distilled, like for me to go into a STEM field, they said it'd be easy to get a job after you can make a bigger influence on the world. And then both my dad and my grandfather were both engineers. So um, got that from them. Um, after, you know, high school and all of that, um, went to VT with you in uh, industrial and systems engineering. And from there, I just basically hopped around and moved a lot for work. Um, so while in school, I received a scholarship through the Department of Defense and was um, a civilian for the Air Force for a year um, before going back to grad school. It was a little bit too like slow paced for me. I like really fast paced things. So um, went back to grad school and um, went to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. So that's two more moves after school. <laughs> and then um, it was a super interesting uh, grad program, actually. There was only four kids from America out of the 40. Um, yeah. And the rest were from um, either India, Europe, a lot of Chinese kids, Japanese, uh, Panama. So it was really cool. I got to like meet a lot of interesting people because um, it was supply chain engineering. So the broader supply chain. Um, and from there, I uh, really thought about like what I wanted to do with my career. So 
I've always had a passion for sports. Like growing up, I was on a ton of sports teams, um, both in school and out of school and wanted to like carry that on and do that with my career if possible. Um, so what better than to apply to like Nike, which is one of the biggest. <laughs> so um, applied there, uh, got the job and ended up moving to Memphis, Tennessee, um, where I didn't know a single person. And um, yeah, so that was a cool experience. Uh, get going to a brand new city, brand new job right out of grad school. Um, and yeah, that was where I, um, yeah, I spent three and a half years there, um, various jobs at their distribution center. Um, so it's, it's the distribution center where they ship pro all Nike products to everywhere in the US. So it's 3 million square feet, massive place. Um, made a lot of friends there through sports. Um, so that's when I discovered that adult leagues are really where you can meet friends quickly. So at the time I was playing mostly soccer because um, that's what I did growing up. And um, while in soccer, someone told me about volleyball um, and I had played one year in high school. So I knew the, the fundamentals, but didn't know much. So I gave it a shot and ended up loving it. <laughs> so I still play it to this day. And that's, well, I'm jumping ahead, but that's kind of why I ended up in Florida moving here. <laughs> um, so yeah, after that, um, uh, got a scholarship through Nike. I mean, got a, sorry, um, promotion through Nike to move to Boston for Converse. Um, and, uh, so yeah, made this move. I had some family in Boston, so it was really nice. Uh, my dad grew up, uh, right outside of Boston. And then, um, some of my mom's family is there too. And my family is a Cape house. So a lot of reason to go there, um, was there, uh, three and a half years, uh, worked for Converse, uh, as a product in, in product integrity for footwear. So, um, got more on the front end side of the supply chain versus Nike was, on the back side, um, completed footwear. Converse was on the front end, um, got to work with the design and development and manufacturing of the footwear. So that was really cool. Um, and then uh, from there, my last move ended up in Florida um, in St. Pete. Um, and this was my choice. So for once, uh, I was like, I, I don't like the cold, couldn't do another Boston winter. So really in November, packed up my stuff, drove down here. And um, yeah, started a new life here and yeah, recently bought a house. So excited to move into it. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. I mean, besides your new house, your birthday is tomorrow too. Yes. That's <laughs> By the way, we're I, I, no, not that there are that many people listening, but we're actually recording in the morning right before work. So we are very up and ready and talkative. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of questions just from what you rattled off uh this is me trying to remember and me trying to probably cut this out but um because I was trying to remember I had three good questions for you one was have you noticed a difference because I, I work for like a, a a federal government company and based on private and government obviously with your work in the air force it's a lot slower than when you're going <laughs> to companies that are actually trying to make money rather than the government where it's like we're trying to keep it together do you kind of notice a, a very big difference between the two yeah so that was one of the big problems with so i was working in industrial engineering for the air force and i was trying to find ways to optimize and save the government money in different departments and no one wanted me to save them money because they wouldn't get the same budget next year so this is what they told me like if you cut this 
then they'll give me less money and that's less money I can spend. And I was like, okay, well then my job is pretty pointless. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I've noticed. It's, it's like a vicious cycle. Like if you want, you probably know this as well as I do, especially with government contractors, like the end of their fiscal year is the end of September. So basically any money they have left, they just, they, tr I mean, just like any, I mean, it's probably like this for a private industry as well. By the end of the year, mm -hmm. you've got to spend the money or you're literally going to lose it or get your budget shrink. <laughs> but it's just so funny that the government is just like so entrenched. And you probably had to go through red tape, right? Like the amount yeah. of stuff you go through in the government probably takes yeah. three to four additional steps and yeah. signatures. Whereas where you were probably working at Nike and Tesla, obviously expenditures, you're going to have to get approval. But with the government, it was more logistics, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of funny. It's the opposite at like Nike and Tesla. At the end of the quarter, they cut travel, they cut all expenses because they want to make sure that they're in the green for um, like financial uh, like purposes. Stockholders too. Yeah, like, exactly. This is the end of budget. Yeah. Yep. That, yep. So they cut everything at the end of the quarter. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's what I imagine. Like, see, you're much more courageous than I am because I've been at the same job. I've been at the same job since I graduated. And I'm just like, I mean, obviously I've all, I've looked at other jobs. It's just like it's not it's not, maybe it is laziness, but it's more like just being a coward and not moving the job. <laughs> I but, mean, uh, government jobs are good because it's they're cushioned, they're, you know, you not much risk of getting fired or like. I've seen a lot of that working in corporate America. So, <laughs> but, but this isn't even, it's not even a government job. It's like working for the government. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're dealing Contracting. With slow people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with your process, I mean, you said you were, let's start off with, I guess your, uh, Nike to Converse. So a lot of people don't know this, but Nike owns Converse, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think. I mean, that's that's just a little fun fact for people yes. that I don't think they know. So, <laughs> I've got a question that's going to be interesting. How many shoes have you kept from your time there? I would imagine, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be a stereotype, but you know, women love shoes, so, <laughs> and you said they would they would give you like. I, yes. I think I, I talked so, to you at some point. Yeah. So my foot happens to be the perfect sample size. So. It is a seven and a half, That's like funny. double B width. So I just lucked into that. Um, yeah, at Nike, uh, got a ton. Uh, a lot of the returns that they couldn't put back on the shelf uh, because the box was damaged or something like that, they would give to employees. So got a ton of employee giveaway is what they called it. So I've way too many. At the peak, it was probably around 200. Uh, gave a lot away because <laughs> uh, there's no way I want... 200 pairs of sneakers. Um, Converse too, I was perfect sample size. So I would test all the shoes. Um, so they would give them to me to walk around for a few months, make sure that the quality would hold up. Um, so went through like a lot of every, every couple months I had a couple pairs I was testing. So gotcha. never with the same shoes on my feet. <laughs> and I think, I think I must've been watching your Instagram or something like that, but you, you've interviewed with like you know how they do the the celeb like uh like tie-in sometimes have you met any and not not in <laughs> yes. person but like at least in zoom calls right yes um there have been a lot of like yeah trevor noah um was on a zoom call a lot of like 
a lot of big name uh, sport, like athletes came to Nike. Um, I know Penny Hardaway, I remember him. Um, and a lot of celebrities came to uh, Converse, like comedians and um, what's that woman's name? The woman from Broad City. She like emceed oh, our- Which one, um, Abby? Abby or uh, what's the other the, girl? The brown haired girl. I forgot her name. I think she's on Sesame Street too. I, I remember <laughs> talking about. She's got like really cool black hair. The short. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll she probably... like, yeah, she emceed our um our end of year party. So that was really cool. She was hilarious. Alana, Alana Glazer. Alana, yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, I love her. Like I would love to meet her. Yeah, she's like my spirit animal. Yeah, uh, that's awesome though. Uh, so just touching on. Well, I guess this is talking about Nike, but it, it's just funny that you went from Nike to Converse. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. What is your opinion on Converse's on like arch support? Because <laughs> I've always thought like Converse's, they look amazing. Like in theory, they look perfect. They like, I don't know, they form fit. But my <laughs> idea is like, they've always been like, not strong enough. What's your opinion on that? I know that's yeah. totally random. That's just one of my <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was in quality, so we talked about it a lot. Um, we talked about making like different tiers, some with arch supports, some not, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this stuff, but I don't work for them anymore. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't wear, and I didn't wear many Converse before the job and I don't wear many Converse now. Cause I agree. They aren't the most comfortable for me. Um, some people like the, the no arch, but yeah. I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, because the other thing is, I mean, I, I assume Nike bought them, what, like 20, 30, I don't know. When, when yeah, like they, 15, you know? 15 to 20 years ago now, I think. Yeah, the only yeah. thing I would think is, like, you think Nike would throw that in, like, some, some like, carbon fiber or like fiberglass type sole that they can just kind of slip into the bottom but yeah we did have some that had a nike insert but there's a lot of like a lot of the true converse wearers don't want are are so different than the typical like nike people and they don't want their loyal customers thinking that they sold out to nike so they try and keep them very separate that makes total sense. Plus, yeah. it's probably much cheaper to make the uh, the originals rather than throw in. Well, I mean, you know, you're probably <laughs> the expert on that more than anybody else because yes. you've seen, like, you've been in the factories, you've been in, like, you're yeah, you're the you're the op process optimizer basically, right? <laughs> you're, the, you're the head honcho on that, and not just with, <laughs> not just with that, but with the Tesla batteries as well. Yeah. So it was really cool with Converse. I, um, yeah, got to a lot of the footwear factories in Vietnam and China. Um, and part of when I first joined, um, one really cool thing that I got to do is spend a month in, uh, upper Vietnam in Haiphong, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of the middle of nowhere. There was like, I don't think I even met another American while I was there. Um, so I spent a month there in the factory and, um, learn the ins and outs of shoemaking. Um, and every day after I like took a shoemaking lesson and got on the sewing machine and got to stitch. Uh, and at the end I made four pairs of sneakers. So you have um, a fallback. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, how was, uh, I have a friend, uh, who spent like a year or two years in Vietnam and she loved it. Like just exactly yeah. like the way you described it, uh, 
on our little Google Doc, you were basically free and open, good views, nice people, great food. Like exactly. it's kind of like uh like good views, but like I it's probably just like relaxing, like 24-7, like like yeah. when you're in a big city and all that stuff, it's kind of like I don't want to say restricting, but kind of you can't really spread your wings as much. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ho Chi Minh is crazy. It's oh, like insane. New York of, yeah. Yeah, insane. But like the countryside is so underdeveloped and just like natural beauty. They have like these gigantic caves that were just discovered like two years ago um, and got to go through them. They were amazing. If anyone has a bucket list, like add Vietnam caving to it. It is so cool. Um, and yeah, all the beaches, it's just, it's less touristy than like a Thailand or an Indonesia. And that's just like a lot of raw beauty and yeah, the people are amazing and the food is amazing. So. Well, what was that like when I guess you transitioned to Nike and Converse where you kind of stepped into the factories? Was it like your workload dramatically increased or? Um, I, I really liked being able, like that was a highlight for me being able to go to Southeast Asia every year. Um, I love traveling and I love culture. So it was really cool. Um, and yeah, stepping into Nike and Converse, it was very different being in corporate than, um, government job, but yeah, I, I liked it. That's good. The cool, and, cool transition. And I saw that you mentioned, I, I guess a big point was you were, uh, what kind of made you go to Tesla? Like, or what made you want to leave? I guess Converse. Yeah. So, um, I have always liked like Tesla's mission and like sustainable energy. And, um, so right now I work in the solar side of Tesla, which is, um, a little bit lesser known, you know, than the car side. Um, but I just like their mission in general of, uh, making the world like a more sustainable place and looking into batteries and using the sun and all of that. Um, so, and I've always wanted to lead a team of people, which I'm now getting to do. Um, so I'm leading like a team of process engineers and getting to work with them on um, setting like what's important and growing them. And yeah, really enjoying that. Okay. So this is going to be my nerd part, but <laughs> I, I try to keep up with the solar, solar world in general and especially electric cars. Cause that's, that's, <laughs> I, I don't know you, I think you've driven in my Jeep before. Cause I think I gave you a ride back from Julie's wedding, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> my next car is hopefully going to be electric, but what I was reading would be like, and I know you can't comment on this at all, but like, <laughs> like switching out batteries, like in cars rather than recharging them. Like in theory, like if you had solar panels on the roof, charging like your secondary battery, when you get home, your first, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to worry about, cause that's, as you know, the hardest part is keeping the energy of the sun into those batteries from the drop from the solar panels <laughs> to the batteries. Um, cause if you, in theory, if you could harness all that energy without a huge drop from what it is nowadays, because a, you're trying to improve the efficiency of the panels and B you're trying to basically maximize that energy into the batteries or do it instantaneously. I think like that would be the coolest thing if they can actually do switching out batteries where you come home, you've got this charged battery from your roof and your, uh, solar, what do they call those? The solar roof, uh. Yeah, you know, solar roofs. Yeah, solar yeah. roofs. Well, mm -hmm. what are the, what are they? What's the what's the actual product? It's like the roof. Uh, yeah, so there's solar roofs, which are shingles. Um, shingles yeah, completely shingled, like glass shingled roof. Um, it looks really cool. 
Uh, and then there's the solar panels, which are, you know, just the panels. Yeah. I, well, I thought the roof tiles was like, I've, I actually haven't looked into the logistics of it, but I was like, <laughs> this is, I mean, more service area. It's got to be better. It looks cooler. Yeah, it looks cooler. Like, Everybody wants a Tesla. It's just yeah. going to be on your roof. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of expensive right now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did see that that price increase. Like, basically, they're like, by the way, it's going to be 20% more than we actually thought. Which, yeah. I mean, I totally get. I mean, like, you're trying to not, I don't want to say lure people in, but you're trying to get people excited about it. And so they pre-register for stuff. And then, by the way, one year later, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Still going to yep. be what we promised, but a little <laughs> bit more expensive. Um, but overall, you like you like the switch. Obviously, you like it because you're teleworking now as well, which <laughs> yes. is probably amazing. Yes. Um, love working remotely uh, and traveling um, still, but not, now within the U.S. So get to go to a lot of the, the warehouses that are spread out across the U.S. Um, and meet different people there. Um, and my whole team's uh, remote spread across the whole U.S. as well. Uh, so what? that's, yeah, that's been new. And that's, I think I only know one, like Texas. Texas is a big one, right? Yeah, there's 54 warehouses in the U.S., so I didn't, I a didn't lot. <laughs> yeah, yep, a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I guess, I mean, you're definitely getting your travel points then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what it, I guess, what is the, what's the most, like, remote area of those, though? Um, so luckily, most of them are pretty close to cities because um, that's where the customers are. Uh, uh, gotcha. So, yeah, we do. We, you know, house the raw goods to be uh, for the crews to get to install on the roofs. And um, they don't want to drive a ton after picking up all the all the like materials that they're going to put on people's houses. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty close to like metropolitan areas. OK. And yeah. I'm going to I'm going to bring this up just so I don't forget to bring it up. But you got a type three on the Enneagram. I don't think yes. if I like to pop this into people because it's just funny <laughs> how closely it matches. Did you get to read it at all? Yeah, I did. Um, and yeah, I did agree with it. Like type three and type one. Um, what were they called again? I did read about it. Type three is. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just read it. And it, yeah. it just sounds very romanticized from one <laughs> like mine mine just sounds like i have adhd which i do but uh <laughs> three are self-assured attractive and charming ambition competent and energetic they can they can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement they're diplomatic poised but can also be overly connected with their image and what others think of them they work workaholism and competitiveness <laughs> like obviously i can tell you're competitive just for this yes. year like <laughs> like like me like I said I'm lazy or cowardly by not switching jobs but you're just like constantly looking for just ways to get better and then volleyball volleyball is just like yep I mean <laughs> I, I can't think of anything I, there's probably just as competitive stuff but volleyball is just like like instantaneously competitive if that makes sense because you're either dealing with like the, and you're doing beach volleyball, which is what yeah. four people. Four no, people two. Usually. I only do no, two. I meant like in all. Oh, like in all, got, yes. Two yeah. v two. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, yeah. I mean, you're, I, I would imagine you've been in screaming matches before just because, <laughs> like, like if it's out or it's in or. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets, it's get, gets controversial. Um, I mean, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's like the reason I like it now better than soccer is just like, 
this is a weird way to put it, but like the ball to people ratio, you get just so many more touches with volleyball than soccer. Soccer, there's like 11 on your side, 11 on the other side, and there's one ball. (laughs) Now it's like there's one ball and four people and um, you're really in every single play. Yeah. And I mean, there's no way not to be. (laughs) Well, well, I was going to say, it's really easy to just like, because you're, you're probably your one thing you do when you get into your cities. Do you actually like start looking up where the volleyball courts are? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, where even before I move <laughs> kind of like an attic, you're like, okay, like uh, I'm here, like, where's the volleyball courts. And I, I assume you've got a forum site too, like a, a website you usually hit up, right? Yeah, there's, um, yeah, different things on Facebook. See the, the thing about volleyball is it's kind of everyone forms like secretive groups. Because if you have, if you have like one bad person show up, it kind of ruins the whole game because that of, there's only four true. people. Yeah. It's like a common volleyball thing. Like, because I mean, it's all about the volley, right? Which yeah. Sounds, which sounds stupid <laughs> when I say it out loud, but I mean, it's all about like making that repetition and like, yeah, I've never, well, you, it's like not everyone plays volleyball. So they're like, Oh, when's the last time you played volleyball billiards? Like, you know, like those like 10 things that usually take like a net and stuff like yeah. that. Like yeah. it's not like soccer or like football or baseball yeah. is a little kind of like Yeah, volleyball. it's but like soccer. If one person's bad, you just don't pass to them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, get like, they get like one touch. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely that that soccer player. Like I had my, <laughs> like I love soccer, but compared, well, you know, you know, John Mark, John Mark. Yeah. Like the, yeah. He's incredible. You yeah, were on our yeah. intramural team though, weren't you? I don't remember. Yeah, I, that was, was so long of, ago. <laughs> I, I'm a good defender, but it's, it's quick story. When John Mark and I were in fourth grade, we were on opposing soccer teams and we were, we were good friends like in third grade. So we'd known each other, but uh, we played each other on a Saturday, like, you know, an OBGYC, uh, OB. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like the soccer league and McCormick. Oh yeah. 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 I, I don't know what it's called. It's something like that. Uh, only boys and girls. Club. That's what it was. Called. Oh yes. And, uh, and you know how they have colors. They don't have like names or anything. It's like the blue <laughs> team versus the red team. So basically I was defender. John Mark's coming like near the end of the game, like tr- to try to score. Nobody else is around. And I swear it was all ball. I didn't hit him or whatever, <laughs> but you might not know this about John Mark, but John Mark was a going. short, he was a short player. Like he was a short kid back in fourth grade. He was like, like, it was ridiculous. If you see pictures, you'll be like, that's John Mark. He's like so small. <laughs> and like, it was all ball. He's like going to the goal. I kicked the ball out and he like tumbles, you know, like this was the start of flopping and stuff like that. And this was fourth grade. Like, you don't even think they have red cards in fourth grade, but I get a, I get a red card. It's like probably some guy from like, you know, like who loves watching European like soccer and stuff like that. And I get thrown out of the game. Oh my gosh. Fourth grade. I know. And then I'm like, I I think I probably cried because I was just so offended that he thought that I had like done that to him. And then, you you know, John Mark, he's just like smiling in the background. Giggling. Yeah. Yeah. Giggling. And then that day I went to a barbecue for John Mark's like, like aunt's house. And they're just telling the story like to everyone, like, yeah, this uh, Michael got a red card, got kicked out of the game and all this stuff. And I'm like, Thank you're not you. bitter at all. <laughs> no, no, not bitter at all. Yeah, that was probably the only red card. But uh, yeah, with with soccer, you kind of avoid those people. 
but <laughs> with volleyball, you're, you're so right. It's just like, there's, it's going to sound stupid and I, I don't play as much volleyball, but I would imagine there's like a romantic esque vibe to it. Like you're obviously you like the competitiveness, like yeah, you might, you might like to get the immediate points, but it's all about those good volleys or good saves, yeah. right? Well, it's, it's all about the chemistry between you and a par- your partner too. So like, it is a, like finding a partner that you like want to go steady with is like finding a romantic partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, that's the other thing I didn't even think about, like the person you're working with, like you said, yeah. you only do two V twos. So it's like, if you've got a bad partner, you're like, that must be like as hard as breaking up with someone, right? Like, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, like, especially like with cheating, right? Like if you find another good, <laughs> like a better partner than the one you exactly. Like yeah. Have you, have you done that before? <laughs> have you like broken up with a volleyball partner? Yeah. Before? Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird dynamic. Um, and like, some people play with the same people every single time, every single tournament. So there's a lot of tournaments down here in Florida. Um, and then some people switch it up every tournament. So it really, yeah, it goes back and forth, but, and it's a weird thing, like asking someone to be your partner in a tournament. Cause you're like, am I going to get rejected? Like, do they want to play yeah, with me? I mean, you're, you're, putting your, <laughs> you're putting yourself out there. And then like, I guess at some points, like, you're like, am I the bad one? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. nobody's saying yes to me. Uh, yeah. and can you do multiple, like if you're in a tournament, can you be part of, I guess you can't be part of two different teams. There's right? usually two days. So the first day is the same gender, women's or men's. And then the second day is usually co-ed. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And so you need to I find mean, a, yeah, two partners for each day if you want to play and, two days. And I didn't think about this, but like, not that, uh, in your profession, like, you're you're working for efficiency you're working for like low cost stuff like that like <laughs> you're working the margins and i feel like that's a com- that's like hugely competitive right yeah it's true yeah finding like the like this is kind of how my brain thinks it's like finding the best way to do things like the most optimized like even when i go do errands like i will optimize the shit out of my errands <laughs> you you and me are very similar in that aspect i will i will look for like for example we have we've got a leak in the basement um of our house and my Kara's like immediately like call a plumber and stuff like that but I'm like I want to figure out what the issue is so yeah. we're not like calling a plumber and this guy's like ripping out all the walls I want to figure <laughs> out what it is and tell him and like he can do it he does yeah. he'll probably do it much better than I do but yeah like I just want to make sure like I'm an engineer I can figure out where a leaky pipe is I might not yeah. be able to do the actual brazing and like all that stuff but I can at least figure that out and that's what we do with like Costco. Like there's no reason for me to go to Costco. Like I'm going to spend <laughs> enough money. Like show me a person who spent less than a hundred dollars at Costco. Cause that's yeah. the minimum for delivery. And I'm like, just do Costco delivery. Like, yeah, there's no reason not to. <laughs> yep. I don't know if you're a big grocery delivery person or not, but I, I am not. Cause I live alone and I feel like I want to be able to pick my things out so I can like, I also hate throwing away food um I don't know I just man I hate we it. are we are very alike <laughs> because like my my parents live with us because they take care of law um that's my son's name short for Lawrence but uh my dad is it, it just cringes me because he'll just buy stuff especially if it's BOGO 
he'll buy two <laughs> of it even if like we if i liked it like five years ago if i like chips ahoy he'll <laughs> buy it like again and it'll just clog up like <laughs> you know what i mean like it, yeah it's yeah just, yeah yeah yep it, it just really it, and the thing is you can't <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's like this for your parents but like once their brain has like gotten to a certain <laughs> age like my parents can't change like I've tried yeah they're, yeah they're yeah hoarders like I can't change them <laughs> I've come to terms with it and yeah. I just decided like I'm not going to be that way like I'm I'm going to change my opinions um just like you know how a lot my, my parents are completely they're they're completely fine with people being gay and transsexual yeah. and stuff like that but other other people i know at that age like they, they yeah. really can't change and i'm yep. like at our age what is it going to be like robots are robots going to be like <laughs> sentient and like, are we, are we i know i wonder like, yeah are they going to ask for the right to get married and are, are we going to be like yeah that's fine or are we going to be like totally against it you know what i mean yeah it's like, our thing i wonder anyway. what's going to come when we're their age yeah who knows <laughs> but yeah completely to get off topic um, <laughs> so so when i asked you before like i i guess on the the google sheet you were you were like this is beyond your expectations of where you thought you were like um because like like you said you were uh you're you're your father's an engineer, your great grandfather, or sorry, your grandfather's an engineer. So you came into tech wanting to be an engineer. Yeah. Like what, what, what did you, I guess, envision when, when you thought you were going to come out of college? Did you imagine like this, is, like, I think every engineer imagines like a bridge or imagines <laughs> like something like, like something stereotypical, yeah. like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. design For this. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I actually found industrial engineering during like a pre like admitted students day. Um, and so, yeah, I found that it was like, yeah, finding the best ways to optimize things, which I've always loved to do. And it's kind of like managing the other engineers. So you need to know about engineering, but not like all the weeds and details of some of the other ones. So it, it is kind of um, the easiest engineering to get a degree in. <laughs> um, but I, I really like enjoy it and like that decision. And then, um, both the companies I've worked for, I've really enjoyed and, uh, really agree with both of their missions. So that was important to me too. Like bringing sports to everyone was Nike's and they're about sustainability and that kind of stuff too. And then Tesla, we already talked about. Yeah, you, I, I totally agree with that because I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but like the job I'm at, I actually believe in it. Like I, I can't even imagine being at a company that you're like second rate and saying something like, Oh, like, I mean, it's good. You should buy, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. actually believing it. Like, like you're working for like a cigarette company or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Those are the people who are probably just like born salesmen, like could sell like, yeah. snow to an Eskimo as they say, <laughs> sorry, Eskimo. Uh, I don't know if that's politically correct. So I apologize to any Eskimos <laughs> or Alaskan <laughs> Native Americans. Uh, so uh, basically what, what I was trying to say, which I lost my train of thought yet again, is <laughs> um, like engineering was always your drive and always what you were going towards. You just, I guess you had no like vision of what that was going to be then. Would you say that? Yeah, well, um... I think like that came to me kind of after graduating of um, mixing like my passion with what I do for work. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Industrial engineering, you can really do anything. Like you can work for any company that has a good or a service, which is basically every company. So it's super broad. So then you have to like narrow it down of like, which of these millions, billions of companies do I want to work for? <laughs> okay. And uh, just reading through some of your notes, like you were mentioning all these sacrifices you have made. So I guess like on yeah. some of these big job moves, you, you kind of had to have like kind of as my boss would say, a come to Jesus meet. I know you're Jewish. <laughs> it's, a, it's his expression he likes to use, but basically you had to have like a heart to heart, like with yourself to kind of think like, is this good for me? Like, do I just want to like, it, you've had those moments kind of like thinking about like, is it worth it to kind yeah, of Yeah, like, so I have moved uh, six different times, as I said in the beginning, um, to or six different states. So seven times, six different states, like as an adult. So after, after graduating high school, um, and like, you know, every time you move, you have to make a whole new group of friends. Um, a lot of like volleyball partners, yes, volleyball partners, a lot of my relationships, I was dating a guy and they would end because I'd be moving. Um, so yeah, it was a lot. It was every move was, you know, and it gets harder and harder as you get older because when everyone's fresh out of school and moving to a new location, everyone's like, yeah, let's all be friends. This is easy. Let's go out and drink, whatever. Um, but as you get older and like into your late twenties, early thirties, it's like how everyone's at different stages of life. Like we're the same age. You have a kid, you have a wife. Uh, are you living in the suburbs? I don't know. Probably. Uh, basically, yeah. Suburbs. <laughs> um, so it's just like, <laughs> So it's like, yeah, we're the same age, but like now it's harder to find people that are in the, there's so many different, I guess, um, bands of people our age and like what they're doing and where they are in life that it like gets harder to make friends. Um, but like through sports and then through like just being social and getting out there. And like, when I moved to a new city, my model is like, never, never say no, like never turn down like an opportunity to like meet, meet a group of friends or like when I first get there. Um, and that's like helped a lot. Um, I already have like a huge group of friends in St. Pete, uh, been here since November. So, um, that, yeah, so it's, it's gotten easier and easier, <laughs> I guess, or harder and harder, but easier and easier at the same time. Um, okay. Boston was different because Boston, a lot of people are born there and stay there and, or go to school there and they already have their groups of friends versus like St. Pete, everyone's come here in the last like two to three years. I have a really weird, weird question for you, which <laughs> I just found out a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> turkeys are rampant in Boston, correct? Is Recently, yes. Within the last okay. like year, I've seen turkeys. Like I was living in Southie, which is pretty much downtown Boston. And like you could see turkeys on the street. And that only happened the last like year. <laughs> okay. Because I, I thought that was like extra. Where I work, uh, it's like right next to like a, not like an, like an, well it's not a preserve but it's something like that and there's two turkeys that always like walk around and I think it's just like so weird because you never see like wild food that's the way I want to put it you never yeah. see wild food just walking around like yeah nobody's gonna and you're from Montgomery County so you know yeah well, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if it's specific but Montgomery County doesn't have that unless you go to Damascus yeah or something like that <laughs> like you don't have stuff like that all you have is like Canadian geese and like deer yeah. 
Well, yeah, once in a while we'd have a deer in our yard and like in Bethesda, which was so weird, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But it's just like, if you're not from West Virginia or Southern or like West Virginia, when I say West Virginia, I mean like West as in the direction of the state, but like you, don't, <laughs> you don't eat deer. You don't, you don't hunt. Like no. I never knew any, well, maybe one person in high school who was like a deer hunter, but like that wasn't a thing. You know what I mean? No. It's just like, it's, it's kind of mystical to me that turkeys just walk around. It's like, I'm saying, oh, there's deli meat walking down the street. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's crazy. Yeah. And when I lived just, in, when I lived in Georgia, um, all my friends like hunted and I actually tried wild turkey and squirrel and like all those things. So that was, that was a wild experience. Very different. Um, like down in no middle of nowhere, Georgia. <laughs> that I just, and my brother-in-law literally just like hunted a turkey two days ago and like cut it up. Like, I don't even want to look at what skinning or defeathering <laughs> looks like, but he literally yeah. cut it up and he had like, obviously it doesn't look like deli meat, but it looks like like turkey like you would buy in the store and I just thought it was crazy but he's yeah but he's like uh he's like one of those guys who has that experience and like he's he's crazy he's he's crazy (laughs) like skilled and knowledgeable he's yeah he's a great guy uh but uh circling back uh, yes from my turkey (laughs) question um (laughs) let's go let's and we already talked about your environment, how that shaped you and your, your type three mentality. Let's go into, I guess, one of my big questions. What is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on? Not necessarily to, I, I don't want to, I, I started saying this, like for people who want to have kids, but let's just say like, I don't know if you want to have kids or not, but like, what's something you want to pass on and what's something that you kind of wouldn't want to pass on to you yeah. if you want to have them? Yeah. Eventually I do want to have kids, hopefully. Um, (laughs) so, um, I already said this at the beginning, but like encouraging, uh, STEM fields, uh, cause you can really just like make a bigger impact, um, get a job, get a good job and all of that. Um, other, other one, another big one growing up is is like experiences over tangible things. And I think my parents were like, kind of woke about this, to be honest, because, um, I feel like that's just coming up now is like people would rather do experiences than tangible things. But when we were growing up, it was very much like, especially the high school I went to, like you needed to have like the designer stuff or whatever. Um, my parents were not about that. And like, didn't, didn't like to give me Hanukkah gifts, but instead we, every year we would go on like a big family vacation to somewhere like cool, cultural, um, never like Disney World or something like that. Uh, I've still never been to like Disneyland, Disney World, and I live in Florida. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we got to go to like a ton of cool different countries, uh, experiences, culture. Um, so definitely want to pass that on to my kids. Um, another one is uh, we never had cable TV or uh, video games growing up. So um, when I got home from school, like I'd always just play outside. That was like develop my love for the outdoors. Um, and it wasn't until I went to Virginia Tech that my parents got cable. So as soon as I went there freshman year, because they wanted to watch the the hokey football games. <laughs> so I turned them into fans, they got cable, and I missed out on all of cable. But that's really okay because I mean, now really no one has cable because everyone does streaming services. So you're you're an <laughs> kid like me because I, I didn't have cable. I just yes, had definitely watched Arthur. Yep, exactly. And yep. the other thing is, whenever you turned on TV when you were sick, The Price Is Right was always on. It was just like 
no matter what time you woke up and it was just you know, I guess it was just me but it was just like that's always on or and family like, feud that was the other family one feud. But, it was with, but it was with like either the guy from uh home improvement or Louie Anderson one mm-hmm. of the two was the host back then yeah yeah probably nobody knows but it's just yeah a hobby <laughs> yep but and uh, now yeah the last one I um was really also like no sodas or juice my parents like did not buy them keep them in the house which was kind of ironic because um my dad's uh grandfather and father uh owned and ran a uh soda company caught beverages and so my dad like grew up on the bottling line like that was his first job and then raised me with no soda <laughs> maybe maybe that's that's why like you know yeah, how, like, they saw what went into it <laughs> exactly like they know like the nitty-gritty of well you you know more than anything well <laughs> you just deal you just dealt with like footwear and like <laughs> yeah you, like nothing that you actually have to consume nothing you consume so. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, like, I guess if you worked at Coca-Cola you would be a well I don't know <laughs> you would know how it's done so you kind of steer away from that but yeah I, I totally agree like like I was telling you before I totally agree with like all of that stuff um however the broadcast tv like I, I grew up the same way as you did but I kind of want the complete opposite I would say I watch way too much tv now <laughs> than I did when I was a child just because it's kind of like Amish people who don't go back to being Amish they just like, <laughs> go the complete opposite direction yeah um, yeah, yeah, I actually don't watch much TV now. Like I, I watch hardly any, but um, I don't know why. I guess I, I just don't prioritize it. <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't say I prioritize it. It's just like yeah. I, something I to do. A lot. Yeah, something yeah. to do basically. Yeah. But obviously, I do stuff like this. Like I've got random. Hobbies. Yeah. It, yeah. This not... is an awesome hobby. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it satisfies my ADHD for now. So we're going <laughs> to go with that. But uh, yeah, I it's funny the way like all your all your stuff kind of correlates to my especially the uh like my parents like I said they're, they're kind of they're, they are hoarders it's just it feels like I, I'm like bashing them when I say that but I've always <laughs> I've always asked them for experiences for gifts like if you're going to give me like I don't care about gifts like you don't need to give me gifts I don't say that to be ironic it's like if I want something I'm going to buy it exactly you know I mean? that's like, how I feel I'm like I don't really need gifts <laughs> like that's the thing like I I a I can't tell people what's up when they ask me like what's going on <laughs> and b like I don't know what to get me because I just get it I'll research it and then I'll get it yeah so, but experiences are the best because I mean like hopefully I can remember all this stuff and like it's going to be a great experience um <laughs> but yeah that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is um yeah. but it, yeah I think we we've reached the end um oh I have one more question for you yeah you forgot one of them that you were going to ask what was you going to ask I'm sorry (laughs) remind me keep going um so yeah moving to like different places like the six different uh states and stuff I said how I like always have to make a new group of friends and all of that and um leave behind yeah leave behind friends and boyfriends uh so one thing that I've um I've like discovered recently um well actually uh, like three years back um so I downloaded all the apps when I like first got to Boston because I was dating someone for a year um and um I really just hate I hate the apps of like you match with someone go to a bar you have a drink it's like stale small talk 
and like it's just like forced I feel like so um I changed like so what I what I did now is put on my profile of like it says ideal first date so I wrote tennis so that way if a guy plays tennis they can message me and be like yeah I'd love to play I've been going on a lot of tennis dates so um I love this because you get to find out about their like competitive side and how they uh, deal in like a competitive social environment. And then um, also I, it's important to me to, to, to date a guy that, that likes the outdoors and doesn't like, like likes my natural stuff, like no makeup, sports clothes, all of that, not dressed up. Um, and then if the, if the guy kind of sucks or you don't hit it off or you're not a match, like you are spending time outside in the beautiful sun and getting a workout in. So it's like not a waste, not in I, like a dark bar. <laughs> I, I do like that. That was, I, I don't know why I forgot about that. Cause I've got, <laughs> I've got a couple of friends who, like you said, they're, they're like 32 right now trying to use those apps. And they said the biggest issue is the profile and the pictures because it, I mean, it, it comes down to first impressions. Yeah. And the thing is she, and this is the girl who I mentioned before, and she's the one who helps me. She writes the descriptions for the podcast because I'm like the worst writer you've ever met. <laughs> and she one night when she was over with a couple other friends and uh, we were just looking at her profile and she was just being cut and dry. She was like, no funny business. Like she was she was being very <laughs> direct, which, as you know, can be like an issue on the dating apps if you're just like. Uh, like, I don't like Amazon and like, I don't like funny business. Like I, like all this stuff where you would just be like, okay, she seems like a, she's like a little intense. Like, <laughs> you just bring out the baggage, like on the second or like third date or whatever. But yeah. uh, I remember what I was going to ask you. So where do you see yourself in like five years? Do you have huh. like an idea? Yeah. I mean, so my life has been kind of like all over the place. I always kind of, I love to like seize the moment and, um, if never anyone, no. yeah, never say no, um, travel a lot. So, um, five years is tough. I mean, I would hope I'd be married in five years. I thought I'd be married by 32. My 32nd birthday is tomorrow. So that is <laughs> coming, is coming on to it. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, um, I hope I'm still like active playing sports, traveling, um, still working. Um, I am trying to do the like fire thing. So do you know about that? Fiscally independent no, retire. That? So fiscally independent retire early. So oh, John Mark's doing, I'm, I'm trying to do that, but we'll see, we'll see how it works. Like 40 so, is what I'm aiming for, but we'll yeah. So not probably not in five years. That's too soon, but yeah, eventually do that. Um, just bought my second house. So yeah, trying to be smart about money, but then at the same time, like still have really cool experiences and like fun. Yeah. Times. yeah. <laughs> no, I totally get that. Cause like I told you, we, uh, we just went to Puerto Rico and like, yeah. I thought it was going to be, I mean, it is pretty affordable depending on like where you go, but like just, just the flight there and back, especially since we bought tickets like a week before we went, Yeah. like we just did it like, oh, we're going to go. We'll just like, it's the time. You know what I mean? Like if, if she has a week of spring break or like, we're going to spend this time doing something fun. Like they're like, the cost is the cost. Like we'll, we'll pay it because like, yeah. When are, when are we going to be able to do this again? You know? Yeah, yeah. I spent three months in Puerto Rico and loved it. And I've spent three months in Belgium. Um, so yeah, what a lot of... Belgium? What part of Belgium? Um, 
I was dating a Belgian guy. So um, during COVID, during quarantine, spent three months there. It was kind of in the middle of the country. Okay. <laughs> but it was a cool experience. Because <laughs> I've been there, I've been there a couple of times and I, yeah. I always enjoyed Belgium. Yeah. Uh, and then people are gonna ask you what what's that person called? It, it's the the piss the piss statues oh the piss yes i saw that we we got to travel all over after like originally during covid there was like you weren't allowed more than like five kilometers from your house or like you could only bike you couldn't drive so but when that lifted we got to like explore everywhere yeah i think the best part the best part i liked was ghent ghent was just yeah yeah it's gorgeous yeah and i mean bruges was Bruges was nice. I mean, yeah, it's nice for what it is, but like Brussels was just kind of like a yeah. city. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really spend much time in Brussels. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, I I loved Ghent and like yeah, said, Bruges Ghent was nice. Was really, yeah. Did you go to the the there's like a a brewery in Bruges that basically you I don't you probably know this, but they can't build at all in Bruges because of like they keeping the history because it wasn't mm. bombed by World War Two. But there's a it's called like Half Moon Brewery where they pump like all their beer to like a place like completely away from the city because they can't expand at all. So oh, I didn't Yeah. I don't think it, I went there. I went to a brewery there, but I don't know if it was that one or I didn't hear the story. I definitely recommend it, but what they do is they brew the beer there and then they have a pipeline that goes like 2 or 3 miles to a bottling facility. And supposedly I, I just thought it was crazy wow, that they would that do that. That is wild. And people tried to break into the line to get the beer and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. It was fascinating for wild drinking and doing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's the end of my my questions. Cool. Uh, thank you awesome. again for doing this. Yeah, really this was fun. It. Yeah, you're so easy to talk to. So it makes oh, it easy. Why? Thank you. I don't think my <laughs> voice. I don't think my voice is good, but uh, I guess oh. I'm good at bringing interesting stuff out of people i might not be interesting but maybe that's my interesting thing yeah it is definitely if you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me please follow me on apple podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these